Welcome back, everyone, to episode number 196 of Stream Thought. And today we start off with some construction in front of my house, installing a sidewalk, blocking the driveway. The chaos that ensues is nothing but entertaining. And then, oh, doesn't that make me frustrated? In fact, doesn't that make me angry? That's a question that I'm asked by one of my supervisors for my chaplaincy group. And speaking of getting angry, I parked my car at the very end of the street and forgot that I had groceries and had to lug them all the way back to my apartment. But it wasn't as bad as I thought. We also take a little trip down memory lane as Ricks has been cleaning out his mother's office. He's come across some documents and some photos, and we reminisce a little bit about how we are the same age that our parents were when they were raising us. Oh my goodness. So with that being said, episode number 196 of Stream of Thought. We hope you enjoy. Uh, Okay, so first of all, I just want to say, what are your thoughts on the fact that it was a blizzard in Chicago the other day when I sent you that photo? What what was your immediate thought? Totally unrelated to what I'm going to talk about. I just, I, I, it made me smile to see your response. What was it? Fuck, fuck that? My immediate thought was exactly what I texted you. Fuck that. <laughs> because, actually, and you get this, too. So when you texted me that, it, uh, it looked like, there was some snow on the ground, and it, it looked like some pretty solid flurry action going on in the air. And then this morning, I saw uh, one of my friend's Instagram stories, and she lives in Indianapolis. Bro! And I don't know how many inches it snowed there, but it looked like a straight up, you know, I won't, I won't go as far as to say a snowstorm, like things are shutting down, like things were shut down, but it probably snowed a solid, you know, eight inches. Dude, because we we were on the periphery in Chicago where it was like that that mix, that that flurry, wintry mix where it was halfway between and the ground was warm enough for it to dissipate. Like by the by the time we left um, in the afternoon, it was all gone. But I saw that band of snow like frickin mid April. Are you kidding me? On 420 nonetheless. So, yeah, that was that was something, man. It's like wow. Yeah, and I had to re I had to recheck her Instagram story real quick because it didn't snow that much, but you know how sometimes snow will accumulate on top of things more than others based on the wind and all that. And so their grill it looked like was completely covered, but it looked like it was maybe just four or five inches. But still, that is you know, I don't even want it to be thirty five. So the fact that it even snowed a little bit is just like, ugh, gross. Well, and that's the crazy part, too, is that it was only like 37 degrees, and it, still, you had everything coming down just like it was winter, and it's like, wow, wow, okay. Absolutely not. So, <laughs> absolutely not. Yeah, and um, spe- speaking of Midwestern problems, so you know how, um, you know, I've, I've talked about my mom's office closing down and we have to move over a bunch of shit so she can set up the basement office. That was supposed to take place on the Saturday and it probably still is. However, 
a circumstance out of the blue came into our periphery uh, as of like two days ago. So, you know, uh, in the front of my parents' house where there's that little, um, the, the, the parkway, grass area. The grass in between the street and the bushes. And the, and the bushes. Okay. So uh, apparently there was a plan like five years ago to install a sidewalk in front of our house. <laughs> and guess what happened two days ago? They instigated a vote or something to to figure out if they want to build a sidewalk or they just decided that they're going to start building the sidewalk right then and there? They started building the sidewalk without any notice. Without any... My parents received a notice that this was happening two hours after construction had started. And so here we are where now it's not just the causeway or the whatever you call it the the green the ditch I think it's area called the parkway that the, whatever whatever the technical term is the the space it's like what uh 12 feet something like that of grass <laughs> they they are not only creating a sidewalk across that grass area but also across our driveway which means our driveway is now inaccessible we cannot pull cars in or take cars out. And we were just told this literally hours before they made it inaccessible. So fortunately, um, my mother, my brother, and myself, we all parked on Prairie, oh, the street over. And just assuming that we weren't going to have access for that uh, at least for another couple of days. And my dad for whatever reason, decided to keep his car in the garage. And so now he can't leave. Like, even if he wanted to go somewhere, um, he's stuck there. And they said, in theory, it should be done by Friday. Now it's moved up to Monday or Tuesday. So over the weekend, all that, there is no option to do anything. And so Saturday was supposed to be the moving day of moving all the heavy equipment and moving all the desk stuff. And now we've got to park on Prairie a full block over and find a way to carry it all the way from Prairie into the house, down the stairs. So, yeah, that was just, I was, I mean, I, what, what great timing, literally what great timing. The one week that we are making massive move and changes, they don't let us know ahead of time. They just start doing it. And now here we are, um, so yeah, this is this is going to be a fun week, dude. I was just thinking, I was so annoyed yesterday because I was out and about doing stuff, and then before coming home, I decided to do some grocery shopping. And usually when I go grocery shopping, I just buy a bunch of stuff so that I don't have to go grocery shopping for another t at least two weeks. So I... Right. I go grocery shopping and then I go down my street, but there's no parking in front of my apartment complex. And so I have to park down at the corner and I park down at the corner. I turn off my car. I'm about to get out and then I stop. Crap. 
I remembered that I have a bunch of groceries in my car. And so I sat there for, for a few minutes debating. What do I do? Do I drive in front of my apartment building with the flashers on and make a couple trips so that I don't have to walk as far, walk as much? Or do I stay there parked at the corner, man up, just grab everything and get it done in one trip? And that's the first thing I thought of when you were mentioning, you know, moving all this heavy furniture where initially you plan on having it, boom, right there. You're in the driveway. If for whatever reason you can't figure it out or you need some extra time, just put the furniture in the garage. Not a big deal. But now you need to go on this, you know, Oregon trail of a voyage from prairie you know (laughs) even though it's right across the street that's what it's gonna feel like on a freaking wagon oregon trail from prairie across the street uh and then once you make it across the street you have to go down the driveway while also probably stepping over the sidewalk depending on how much work they have done or if the concrete was fresh or maybe there's no concrete at all but they have those strings a few inches above the ground to make sure everything is even what happens if you trip over it and you're carrying something that weighs 200 pounds and then when you had said all that i was like man my you know grocery debacle doesn't seem uh that uh annoying anymore but i was able to get it all it wasn't too heavy i was able to get it all in you know, without breaking a sweat, but it was still... You do choose the route then to to carry it yes. the whole way. Yeah. You didn't do the blinker no. thing. I was like, I think That's I can pro- do it. probably <laughs> for the best. Yeah. Dude, but honestly, man, I feel I feel like that's very comparable because it sounds like you didn't have anything to like like a, a basket like some of those old ladies carry to... No, I actually, for the... For the first time, I thought, you know what? Maybe I should get one of those baskets with wheels on it and just leave it in my car just in case I have to park at the corner again. Dude, definitely do that. That's – I mean I feel I feel like it's a good wake-up call because part of the reason why I'm not super stressed out about it, first of all, it's – you know, I'm there to assist. It's not my problem in the, in the big scope of things. But – we have the equipment to be able to like move that stuff. Uh, even if it's over like grass or whatever, we'll make it work, but we, (laughs) there's no way we could carry it. So yeah, that's uh, dude invest, invest in a basket, invest in like some sort of like transportation device that you can just have just in case of a situation like that. But the only reason I did that was because I forgot that I had groceries from the time that I left the grocery store to the time that I got back to my street, I forgot that I had gone to the grocery store. Normally, if I had remembered, if I had remembered, I would have just stopped in front of my apartment, thrown on the flashers. But because I forgot, I had already parked my car, turned it off, gone to the corner. It's like I'm not driving up the street, you know, 200 feet just to because because also where my car was parked, I was parked on the uh, west side of the street, which means I would have had to drive up. You know, pull into a driveway, turn my car around so that I'm on the, uh, I'm sorry, so that I was on the east side of the street. Turn, go up the driveway, go up the street north, turn around real quick so I'm on the west side of the street. 
Then when I'm done, drive back down south at the corner, turn my car around again because the where the parking was, it was on the east. So I'm just like, I'm not doing all this. That's why I decided just to man up and just carry it all. And, and of course, like I I have it pretty much evenly distributed between the four bags, two in each hand. But then I am also have my skates around my shoulder. I'm carrying my skates on the skate leash around my shoulder. And I have a loaf of bread wedged between my elbow and my torso. And so it was a little bit awkward. And when I got to the front gate, I had to put down all the groceries, open the door, hold it open with my foot, pick up all the groceries, go in to the property. But it wasn't as bad as I anticipated. Yeah, yeah. So little things like that can give you incentive to, like, just do simple things to – alleviate those concerns yeah yeah but then when you're caught off guard you know what do you do um and the other thing too so there's two other things about this story one um the thing that because my mom worked in the government glen Ellen government she was a trustee and also was on various boards and stuff like that that regulate all this so she has so many connections that people don't really realize and so of course um you know she she's calling a lot of these people just to make sure that everything's all set up everything's good stuff like that and the concern was uh that there would be damage to the bushes in front of the house right that my parents have been spending years trying to get back and obviously on day number one it's it's pretty obvious what's going to happen. They're a couple of the bushes just totally destroyed. Totally destroyed. It's like, uh, okay then. So, you know, you're... Are they going to replace the bushes? That is a situation to be determined. I will have an update for that probably in a couple of days. Or it, so, it could yeah, be was... because the bushes, even if the bushes are on your... Well, maybe they're not on your property. Maybe it's the village they property. They are. Okay. No, no, it's our property. Because the parkway um, belongs then, to the village, right? The parkway, right. the space between the sidewalk and the street will always belongs to the village, which is why I remember we had two – I think when we wanted to plant like these two little trees there, I remember – this is like maybe 25 years ago. I think we had to ask permission or something like that or you know, if a tree gets sick, they won't even – tell you about it they'll just come down and trim the tree or cut it down or do whatever yes yes that is that is the weird thing i don't know if it's that way like in other parts of the country but like the burbs of chicago that's just how it works the thing the thing i think that my parents were concerned about was that the roots that go under the ground um are you going to kill bushes by you know digging in there because they're digging pretty deep. They're they're digging about, you know, six feet underground. And so when you get to that level, you you could strike something that totally destroys stuff that we'll we'll only know about in like two months from now when the, the plants start dying. <laughs> yeah. So so that was fun. But on a good note, uh my mom, being the investigative person that she is one of the things that she had talked about with the village be- when they initiated this plan to put the sidewalk in was, you know, that little, like, 
uh, concrete walkway that goes up to the patio. Yes. Uh, the porch in in the front of the house. She was saying, I mean, it's cracked, it's broken, it's all this. Uh, is there is there any way that we could incorporate um, that renovation or repair or reinstallation, whatever it is, into this process? And so, obviously, after the construction has already started, makes it a little more difficult to adjust plans to be able to do something like that. But my mom knows people. She knows people. And so, guess what happened this morning? They started construction on your little pathway to the patio? They tore out the concrete path and are going to install a new one. And it's like, you know, in all the in all the the shit that, that this whole construction thing has been, it's nice to know that there was something positive that came out of And uh, uh the village is going to pick up that tab. Or you guys are nope. going to have to pay for uh, it still? We, uh, we, we, well, dude, my, my dad uh, was actually, there was a guy who came up to the, the front door this morning and said, hey, um, so we talked to our foreman, we talked to the supervisor, and yeah, we can redo your sidewalk, $2,000. And so my dad was like, let's do it. Wow. Let's make it happen. So... Yeah, it's 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 all about who you know, right? When it comes to like shit like that, where even even in bad situations, you can you can probably make something good out of it if you know who. To I talk bet your to. mom was super so. pumped to make those phone calls because it was uh, you know a call to duty. She already knew what to, she wasn't. Not, no, no, dude. It's well because she's closing up her business too. So it's it's another call that she has to make. And what was interesting, because I was working at the office, so I heard the string of calls. So she called she called the person uh who they the 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 county gave us a piece of paper with a phone number on it, called him, he said he's not involved in the project itself, called the supervisor, she called the supervisor, he said you should call the foreman. She called the foreman, and then she had to call somebody else afterwards too, just to try and get to the right person to be able to like make make that happen. Because otherwise, you know that that stone walkway would be the way that it is for the rest of eternity. Because I, <laughs> yeah. So, so it's going to be gravel driveway, sidewalk, gravel driveway. Yeah, uh, although I think that they're going to be doing something to make it not gravel between the sidewalk that and the sense. edge of the street. So I'm still telling you, it bro. Is what it maybe is. maybe when the time comes when you buy your parents' house, dude, it's going to be a freaking game changer when you get a concrete driveway. It's going to be so magical for you, especially in the winter. Let me tell you, when you uh, are shoveling. Yeah. I mean, you should just get the, you know, whenever the time is, just get the, oh, you said you have a snowblower, don't you? Or yeah, one time yeah, you yeah. Did? That's what, that's what we did. Yeah, yeah. We've been, we've been snowblowing the driveway, even with the gravel. It's all tamped down right now, so there's not, like, stones shooting out okay. or anything like that. Um, but, dude, yeah, that was also something that my mom was, like, super happy about, was not having to worry about the very edge of the driveway where that cron- concrete like divot 
comes down and all the ice and snow gets stuck in there. You got to like do the ice chipper and do all that. Now it should be smooth. It should be possible to be able to like skid out of the driveway, even if it's like icy or snowy to, to get out. So less, less shoveling for us, I guess. So, so what's the status on the property right next door? Cause didn't you say somebody ended up buying it? Because the, it's did. a two-lot property that has been deemed a flood zone. And so for whatever it's been, 20 years, no one 15, has, 15 years, yeah, 15, nobody has bought years. the property because you can't build anything on it. But finally someone bought one of the lots or both of them. Both of them. Yeah. And so that was I – was, I was joking with my mom. Like wouldn't it be funny if they started – because they said they were going to start construction soon on the one of the lots, the, the far side lot. And I said wouldn't it be funny if they started construction this week? <laughs> well, you have – because in front of our house right now, if you're going down St. Charles, they're – They've got all of the the barricades and the cones up and stuff like that. It's a one, it's like a one lane street now, basically for the next week. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, this just this is this is the perfect storm where it would be wonderful to see all those construction trucks pull up to start digging and excavating for <laughs> this new place. Oh man, it all happens at once, man. When it rains, it pours. My goodness, I would, I would not be a fan of that. Construction can be so freaking annoying, so annoying. Just always hearing a jackhammer like the entire day, every day. I was listening to because I had like three meetings before this, and the entire time they had the uh, the concrete saw or whatever to like dzz, dzz, that you can hear all the way from this window. It just echoed all over the house and so yeah i it's like oh well fun fun time for this to happen because dude if this had happened like a week earlier or a week later wouldn't have been an issue but it has to happen at the time where everything everything is happening at once the perfect storm the perfect storm so what is your Game plan. Obviously, you guys have had to call an audible now. So what's the status with moving furniture? What are you guys going to do? Or are you still figuring that out? We're going to make it work. It's still going to be Saturday. They they have the, the moving van rented. And so I'm going to be there to assist in whatever way I can. We're, we're going to make it work. You know, it's the it's the Polish heritage within our family. We, we jerry rig whatever we have to. To, to make I cannot so. wait to hear about the move. I feel like this is going to be Bro. an absolute nightmare. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be interesting. Um, and so this kind of transitions a little bit into the other thing that I wanted to talk about. Perfect. Is that is that cool? Yes. Is go that ahead. Cool? Keep going. All right. So speaking of frustration. Right. You know, I'm part of this uh, chaplaincy group. Yeah, the one that CD. takes 10 hours to do a two-hour meeting. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Eight, eight hours every – it's only once a the, month, so the, it's not, it's not one, horrible. This is the group but... who – the. it's a group of mostly women and you and Joe are the only men and you guys feel discriminated against because you're men. 
and you brought it up with the woman <laughs> yeah. in a way that that would be non-confrontational, but letting her know, hey, you know, what's going on? Yes. And so Joe has been on this thing to try and get me to apply to the chaplaincy program. And the indication that I got from – I did apply, um, so waiting to hear back. But the initial feedback that obviously didn't come from Joe – uh, was that because of my criminal background history would disqualify me from possibly even being a chaplain um, for New York Presbyterian, even if it was a misdemeanor, that uh, I would not be accepted. So, Ironic, given uh, the very nature of uh, religion and chaplaincy and you know, the essence that is moving the spirit forward and bringing others with you. Great job. You would think so. And that's why I can't stand bureaucratic BS, red tape, just freaking do what makes sense and stop with all the nonsense, you know? Right. And so what we do, like we have, we have our meetings, but we also have like supervisory meetings. So, it's the it's the chaplain who leads this whole conversation. We have about half an hour to an hour conversation um, every month after that just to discuss things. And it was very interesting because the I was you know I, I made I made it known during our group this past week that I had applied to the job and was kind of articulating my my not reservations but um concerns about the fact that you know it, it feels as though people the the organizational structure will judge you based off of what's on paper as opposed to the person who you are if that makes sense and so we enter into this conversation earlier today and with my supervisor, just a one-on-one. And she, I, I guarantee you, this is on the back of her mind. And we're talking, and she's trying, she, I can tell immediately, she's trying to, to pull out information from me. She, she wants to know certain things. And what was so fascinating to me is that it was probably about six or seven times she asked in very di- different ways, how do you express your anger? Tell, tell me what your anger and frustration and rage looks like. Like, I, like, I worry because you seem, you seem so calm and understanding of everyone else. And you've been through stuff that is just so hard. I don't, I, I worry that you're hiding something. I worry that you're not being honest about how much rage you have inside of you because hearing what you've experienced wouldn't that cause rage in anybody else why would she bring that up so many times why don't you just ask the freaking question one time all right check it off your list and move forward it sounds like to me that she's looking for a reason not to have you advance like you know what i'm saying like you're she's looking for a reason to try and get you to trip up if some if i was in your position 
I would be thinking, you know, all right, dude, just like get to the point, just spill the beans, stop with the freaking lollygagging and the prancing around the same question in different ways. Just ask me the one question that you really want to get down to business with. Right. And I think part of me was not expecting this line of questioning that this was, it, it was, so here's the thing, right? Is that it wasn't, it, I, I don't want to say it was out of the blue. I think that that was something that was her reservation. She was trying to find a good answer for like with the application and all that, um, I had the opportunity to share my my frustrations with like the system in general, and you know it it came coming back to this idea of okay, well when things don't go your way and you can't kind of get what you want, people feel frustration. I'm not seeing that in the group conversation, and after a while, I was thinking to myself, well that's. Like, yeah, I mean, dude, I, in, in the most stressful moments, and I, I told her this too, in the most stressful moments, I have, I have screamed into my pillow for like five minutes, just screaming my fucking lungs out so no one can hear me and just like getting rid of all like what is built up. But when it comes down to it, I'm not, I'm generally not an angry or bitter person. Like I have that in my soul and I feel like there are certain things that I've experienced that make me, um, reluctant to either trust or believe in a person or a system, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but I'm not like, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of curious what your thoughts are. I'm not an angry person generally. Like even, dude, I think about our little, our little conversation that we had, we don't need to really talk about it, but when I was frustrated at you, I expressed that we talked about it, we got through it and that was it. It was like, I don't, I don't hold on to that. And it felt like there was this, this disbelieving component that somebody could experience the things that I've experienced and not hold this internal rage that's just waiting to burst out. And I was trying to explain, that's just not who I am. I come, I come from a family and a community where it's like, yeah, you know, we do stupid shit. We get frustrated with each other. That's not going to make me any less capable of interacting with them. And it does, it doesn't burden my soul. It doesn't really bother me to that great extent that it felt like she was asking me and maybe it's like a east coast thing but i was just i don't know i didn't know what to make of it i wonder how many people she's come across in her experience where they hire somebody or invite somebody or advance someone through a program or whatever the case is and then it turns out to be an absolute disaster because then the person who they think is one way ends up showing their true colors or the timing is just off and it's just not the right time in their life. And so that makes me believe that maybe they've had prior uh, instances where it didn't work out and they are being extra cautious to make certain that 
they don't have to deal with that again. Or maybe the fact that they haven't encountered somebody who is able to overcome those kind of primal instincts. Maybe. I don't know, man. Uh, I, I will ask, though. What is my level of anger at the max, right? And how vo- how volatile, how volatile is my emotional state? Just generally speaking, I'm I'm kind of curious. I'm I'm so fascinated right now. I, this has been on my mind. So, I mean, my experience. I've never seen you go full Hulk. I've never witnessed that. Okay. My only experience is usually on the side of volatility where you know something is bothering you but you don't say that it's bothering you until it gets bottled up and then last minute it's a you know a little miniature explosion it's not a full blown catastrophe but uh it's just a, oh okay, Rix is not happy about this, and then you're you're totally fine. Like the like the Cooper, this is my car, or the or the time when we were yes, or the time when we were taking. I actually referenced that. I actually referenced you, that yeah. in the call, but yeah. So like that, where or like okay, like what's the game plan? We need. I need to know the game plan. I need to know the game plan. It's like, dude, it's I don't. There is no game plan. That's the game plan. Or when we were, I remember when we were taking photos for your wedding and uh we're taking photos and a few times i was saying like oh if we take photos over here i think that would be a really cool spot and you were like no my no and you were pretty quick to say no and uh because you didn't want like your brother to walk so far because of his back and then I was a couple times. I was like, "Oh, this would be a cool spot," or "This might be," a, and and you were like, "No, I said no. My brother can't walk. No." And you were like, <laughs> "You got so upset for him." I was like, "All right, man, chill out. I'm just trying to make suggestions. Relax. It's very minimal. My experience seeing an upset Ricks. It's very minimal. But you don't you don't see this this underlying pervasive no, rage that's not. being suppressed. No." It's just re- it's just an ordinary instance of somebody getting upset, and that person's upset, and they make it known that they're upset, and then it's done. It's over with. Moving on. That's it. Because, like, I was trying to explain that, um, yeah, I can have frustration in people. I can even have anger in people. I've, I've shared this on this podcast many times. You know, Joe, Joe is one of my frequent targets, or various others in the PCC. Um yeah, I can have anger in people, but it's not like this underlying rage. It's that not your modus is, operandi, is... right? And the fact the fact that um, it, it seemed it seemed like my supervisor couldn't wrap her head around the idea that I I didn't have that, and the fact that I was you know sharing things that were emotionally raw during our our CPE sessions. Um, that she she thought there was more because there had to be more right if you've gone through these horrible experiences and you're just saying that you're disappointed and jaded and disillusioned um that that's not good enough because rage is i guess an essential component to things and and trying to flesh that out 
here's the thing. Here's what my response was. And it wasn't until the end of the conversation, this was about an hour-long conversation, towards the end, um, I asked the question, hey, can you be a little more specific? Because it feels like, you know, you've asked this question multiple times, and I'm not giving you the answer that you're looking for. I'm, I'm trying to understand what exactly it is that you're looking for. And when she articulated it, it was, it was something to the extent of, well, uh these experiences that you've had and the fact that you've shared these things, it feels like it's not fully processed. And I don't understand why it is that you are saying things that are so much calmer than what the circumstance would provide for. And my response was uh, something to the extent of, and it, it kind of clicked at that point. It was like, oh, yeah. Well, part of the reason why I don't feel rage and don't feel this, like, deep underlying anger towards people is because everyone has a reason for acting the way that they do. Every system has a reason for existing the way that it does. So, yeah, I mean, it can be really shitty to experience rejection, denial from a system or, like, bad things from friends, family, random people everyone has a reason for acting the way that they do. And when I understand why that is, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of where I hone in on, right? If I, if I don't understand why it is that someone has treated me in a certain way, I try to understand why. And understanding gives me peace. Because if somebody has a reason that they said or did what they did, then you know, I, I can't hold that against them, right? It may require a conversation in the future, but dude, empathy. And, and that was kind of my answer. Empathy. Understanding where people come from. It's, uh, it may be a foreign concept to some that you have this kind of pervasive empathy where everything that you look at and everything that you do, that's part of the reason too why um, Victor in Chicago has uh, has asked me why I'm not so outraged by some of the like social injustices done. People in seminary would ask me that too. It's like, well, I understand where they're coming from. And there's no use in getting angry at them. It's counterproductive. Like, have a conversation if it's something that's in your immediate ecosystem. But dude, I can't I can't hold that in my heart if I if I have an understanding, right? It 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 just disperses any of those negative feelings that I have. So I don't know, man, maybe, maybe I'm naive to believe that everyone has a good reason for doing what they're doing, but true that for sure. I always try and think of, uh, you know, where people are coming from. Cause even if they're displaying negative behavior, well in their head, they're not being bad, right? They're just exactly. operating based on previous experiences. Yeah, it's like and and when it when it comes to like systems and job stuff too, right? Like, yeah, I'm super bitter about the whole Minnesota thing. I'm super bitter about Ray. Like, but I have an understanding, and that understanding lessens my emotional volatility because 
part of the reason why I am volatile in emotional states is because I don't understand, right? Like there's a there's a lack of communication. So I don't know. It's 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 interesting because I don't think I I don't think it's possible for me to get a job as a chaplain. At... <laughs> this is the part where you need to understand that there are people out there who they make money the spam by calls. yeah oh my God. by sending out spam calls. And you need to understand that they're just trying to put food on their table. They know that the job probably isn't that miraculous. It's an automated call. Don't even start with me. Oh, you're me. right. Yeah. That's that's a these are these are these are programmed in and so literally there's no one who's operating it. It's just auto auto teledial. <sighs> when I hear your landline ring, I think of all the times growing up in you know the 90s prior to caller id that you sit down for dinner the phone starts ringing and dad goes zero to a hundred <laughs> <laughs> you pick up the phone because you don't know who's calling or you know you're about to sit down or it might be that expected phone call from a relative and it's you know hello hello sir would you like to buy some sunglasses or whatever the the telemarketer is is uh peddling at that moment in time like i said though that's that was just frustrating super frustrating but i'm not gonna hold that in my heart i'm gonna forget about it in like five minutes what's with the so so, side note the landline how come you guys still have one i'm just curious (laughs) i've wondered that myself i've never actually asked that question i don't know i honestly don't know um I think it's it's familiarity for my parents. Like there's that it's the it's the the comfort blanket, right? That you have without giving your like cell phone information stuff like that. Right. Uh, it could be maybe a decoy number, right? People ask for your parents' number, they're a little uncertain or they want to put them on the back burner here, call the landline and I'll listen to the voicemail whenever I listen to it. <laughs> the nostalgia, because I cannot wait once once I end up getting my new place that not going to have to deal with landlines anymore because <laughs> it is kind of useless. It's in annoying, right? Yeah. So annoying. Well, this was a but, solid episode of uh, of the update that's been going on in the world of Rick's. And there's one more thing. Oh, wow. I, then I'm, let's keep I'm just going. Gonna, I'm going to... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw it out there okay. because part of all the cleaning out of my mom's business has included looking through old school documents. So I'm seeing documents back from like the 1980s, like before I was born, 1983, I think, was the first um, document that I came across where my mom had not established her own business or anything like that. And uh, just looking through all that. But the other thing is that because my parents with their whole architectural thing and they've they've rebuilt the house, they've rebuilt the backyard, the garage, all that stuff, as well as like relatives' houses and things like that, there are photos that I'm coming across. It's like, oh my God, oh my God, I remember this. I was only maybe 11 years old or something like that when I was at my aunt's and uncle's old house. And wow, I remember that. It just sparks that thing in the back of your mind where... 
the visceral memory like oh yeah that's right i forgot about that so that was i mean that was kind of calming i don't know if you ever have those experiences where when you come back to chicago you see some photos of of the past that you hadn't seen before i haven't looked through photo albums in a long time but i do remember that feeling a few times where i look through them and i'm like oh my goodness i totally remember my dad having an oldsmobile for one year he only had it for one year, and it's like I totally remember when he had that, and I totally remember being at the dealership when he bought it, and also photos of our house before it had gotten renovated when it was just a one-story uh, a one-story house, and pictures of even our backyard. Uh, but yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. And it's like, whoa, this was tucked away somewhere in the brain files. And I definitely, definitely remember this now. Dude, and it doesn't it bring up, like, memories surrounding those moments, too? Where it's like, oh, I totally forgot about this, that, or the other thing. I was thinking to myself, like, holiday celebrations or just random shit that happened. Or it's like, oh, memories. I have yet Memories to, attached um, to the photos. I've yet to there's a few photos I know of off the top of my head that I can kind of see but now because uh I, we're just a what's the we're just like a few weeks away from me turning 33 and so I see some photos <laughs> of my parents. I know some photos where I look at them and I'll think, "Oh my goodness. I am the same age now." when these photos were taken the of my parents back then when i was you know two or three years old it's like yeah whoa when you start thinking when you start having a memory when you can remember your parents a certain way growing up and you realize i am the same age now that they were back then and you're just like what the hell this is, <laughs> this is a little trippy I feel I feel you a hundred percent. So yeah, that that was kind of the last thing. I was I just like oh oh it's it's kind of nice to have those those memories in the back of your your head yeah. resurge. Good. Well, I can't wait to hear about the update for uh, for the moving of the furniture. That is going to be oh, yeah. very entertaining for me, regardless of what yeah, happens. Sure I hope it, it goes well. I really do hope it goes well. <laughs> but realistically, but you also want a good story. But realistically. You know me, you know, if I can hear a good story and be entertained at somebody else's expense, I will, I will gladly take that. <laughs> I will gladly accept oh, that man. for the same oh, that I am willing to entertain others at my expense when the time comes. <laughs> Life is a joke yeah, when it comes down to it. For sure. So. All right. So that's 196. Until next time. Until next time. Until next time.